This is Metal Mike. Ryan's back with me, and we're doing 15 more of our favorite hair metal ballads. This time, it's the mid-tempos and the leftovers. Check it out. Well, Ryan, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast, my friend. How are you? I'm great, dude. Thank you so much for having me back. Awesome, man. Well, hey, just a couple announcements before we get going. Uh, got some sad news, man. We lost a friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. A. Fish. He was on a couple different episodes with us, man. He lost uh, his battle with cancer uh, on September 10th. Uh, he was on three different episodes with me. He did uh, the A. Fish, of course, Motley Crue, uh, 94 Spectacular. Uh, he was on the bands that should have been bigger, and he was on the albums that let us down. So if you remember those episodes, if you ever want to check back and, and hear some of uh, A. Fish's words of wisdom, you know, check those out. But uh, R.I.P. to our brother, A. Fish. Absolutely. And in his honor, I will listen thoroughly to Motley 94 and give it my best. <laughs> you can substitute. You can substitute Badlands debut. He, he he. That was another one of his favorites. Oh, that's right. Perfect. I'll get into dreams in the. I'll, I'll get in beyond just dreams in the dark. Yeah. So some sad news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, also yeah. wanted to make another comment of, of some good news, and I just wanted to make it official and just put it out there. And sometimes when you put something out there, then you you, you have to be committed to it. So I'm uh, just going to throw it out there that I have been working on writing a book, and I only have one chapter left, and the book is called A Hair Metal Journey. And it is going through, uh, it goes through like my trajectory of listening to this music and how I got into it and all the bands that I liked. And then all along the way, I'm sprinkling in all the interview clips and, I, and I've transcribed a different parts uh, of interview you know, clips that I've done that have never been out there on the websites before. So a lot of cool stuff. It's actually really fun to go back and listen to some of the old episodes and you forget how how cool and and kind of maybe some of the people weren't so cool but, but for the most part <laughs> most of them were cool and uh it was it, it was it was a good ride interviewing all those people and it's not done i know i know i'll be doing some more interviews in the future but uh um, yeah so just want to put that out officially i'm hoping to be done uh i'd like to get the book done this month written and then you know of course they got to do the editing and all the proofreading and all this stuff so uh definitely out before the holidays i'm hoping but like i said if i say it and put it out there in the universe you know i got to be more committed to it so that's awesome i can't wait to read it awesome well hey the last time you and I spoke, we did our top 15 hair metal ballads, and we had a lot of leftovers. Like I know I had like 15 or more that didn't, you know, didn't make the list, but I thought were really good, and I know you had the same, so I thought we needed to do another one, and maybe this one would be more like the, the hair metal ballads, the leftovers, the mid-tempos, all the stuff that didn't make it, man, but it's kind of hard to believe that there's, you know, there's that many ballads that we really like. It's pretty cool. Oh, totally, dude. And uh, I tried not to be biased regarding regarding my go-to bands this time, but like 
some of them I couldn't help, but some of them are not what people would expect of me. But um, I have countless honorable mentions, of course, but I won't get into that. <laughs> but I do have, I only have three repeats from list one onto this list, but I couldn't help it. You know, I had to honor the best power ballad writers out there. But uh, what a fun topic, and it's such a cool, vast catalog or topic to choose from. So really excited for list number two and hear what you have and hear what I have. And yeah, yeah it's a really fun, fun topic. All right, man. Well, with no more hesitation, hit me with your 15. Okay. Well, I'm going to kick it off with a humongous song. And uh, this one really catapulted this band into true arena headliner status and major crossover hit. And it is... Silent Lucidity by Queensryche from 1990. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, so... I just another one I can never turn off when it comes on either a video or on the radio, and it, it's it's so cool. It's such a really cool music video, very mystical, really cool use of the cinematography and technology at the time. And and uh, you know, I will say this: there's one complaint, and it's actually kind of a compliment. And it's at the 5:09 mark, where the uh, the part that says "We'll protect you in the night," and he really lets it rip on the the word "night," uh, the second half, of the second. Half of that, the, the eye part, and uh, it's it's really well showcased uh, live. But on the record, it's it's hidden behind some backing vocals. And I, I know you probably know what I'm talking I about. Know, yeah, yeah, song. like nah, they're all behind them. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's really the only point in the song where you hear the Jeff Tate killerness, let it rip, and it's a bummer because it's a great part. But maybe you know they didn't want to really let it rip on this song on the record, but. But live, he really lets it go, and it's really cool. But um, the unplugged version back then is just totally ruled, and I love this era of Queensryche. This is my my favorite album by them, by them. and uh, then everything went to shit after that. But anyway, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love this song, and I love this album. You know, I didn't think about this song as a power ballad, you know, but it really is. And, you know, I'm kind of bumming because I love Queensryche, and I'm, gl I'm glad that you picked it. You know, the cool thing about yeah. Queensryche is, you know, and there's a few bands that were like this, but Queensryche's Rise was like the opposite of a lot of other bands. You know what I mean? Like, they did, they weren't huge right when they came out, but when you hit this song and this album, obviously they were very big. But, you know, a lot of bands came out of the gate and were big, you know, in the 80s, and then it was pretty much all downhill. But a nice grind yes. by Queensryche. And, right, it's not your typical I love you ballad. It's about dreams and reality, you know, deciphering dreams from reality and all this kind of stuff. But really cool and awesome. Glad you picked it. Yeah, I mean, we got a little freedom in this list, like you said. Some, yeah. some mid-tempos, you know what I mean? Like yeah. some of that stuff. So oh, that's yeah. how this list is compiled. I wanted to kind of really, really breach the boundaries on this one. <laughs> yeah, I got some oddballs. But uh, this, one, Good. this one probably isn't a real oddball. Uh, it's fi So 15... I got three of these comment. It's over now. And, you know, I'm always preaching the second sighting album. You know, it's got great production. Todd Howarth is just super talented. It's very catchy. Great harmonies. Uh, a lot of fans thought, you know, this was a little soft for Ace. And a lot of fans didn't like the point that Todd Howarth had a lot of songs on this album. But go back and listen to it, man. It's really cool. You know, you got, it's got the nice piano in there. And uh, also, there's times where he, like, actually, the, as the chorus ends, he does that little John Lennon thing, you know. Over now, oh, 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 you know, like, mm -hmm. a, like he's doing some John Lennon. So 
I don't know. Very cool song. I like it. It was a single. Didn't do much, but it's a good one. I actually totally forgot, and I honestly would have put this on my list. That This happens to be my favorite song on that album. It's it's, it's different that I would have a power ballad as my, my choice, but I love this album, and that song has always been a standout, and I'm really stoked you put it on there because I totally forgot about it. Yeah. And you know what I want to mention, too, and there's a lot of songs on my list that do this. Uh, I want to say there's a point in the verses where there's like that chug behind it, kind of. Even though it's yep, a mellow, yep. I got a bunch of them that do that. And I noticed that there's a lot of songs out there where there would be two guitars and they're almost panned. One guitar's chugging, one guitar's playing like the clear stuff on the other side. So so there's a lot of songs that do that on my list tonight. And I that does kind of work because it's like, it kind of like, even though it's a poppy thing, that's that little metal edge to it. So, yeah. Yep, and it generally comes in verse two when they really want to kind of get yes, going. It does. I think it, I think it does. You're right. All right. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Fourteen. Okay, going back to my boys in Hardline here. I got Hands of Time from 1992, and this closes out the album. You got the dual guitar work, really moody acoustic. And there's an intro just before that that's actually listed. It's a separate separate song called 3191, but it sets this song up perfectly. Um, as big as this album is for me, it's my number one in 92. It's one of my, probably my top five albums of all time. I really do not care for the other two ballads on this album that happen to have been the actual hits and singles. But this ballad is kind of the the underdog and i really like it it's uh it's very moody it soars it shows off way more of the ability of the band in my opinion and it was a really cool great way to close an album and and i have a feeling without knowing certain that 3191 was probably a a dedication to someone's lifespan so it's Mm. probably got some heart to it anyway so i i really enjoy this ballad closing out the album and like i said really showcases the talent nice you know i don't i don't know if i'm familiar with this song per se but i know i went back uh because so many past episodes it's like hardline 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 so i so i went back and i listened to the hardline album and it was really good so i maybe i did hear this but i don't i can't specifically say oh yeah i know what you're talking about so Oh, well, you know, it's going to be overshadowed by taking me down and (laughs) rhythm from a red car and all that good stuff. So I totally understand. (laughs) Okay. Nine number 14. Um, Great band. Great hair band. Didn't do a ton of ballads. uh, And it's Hurricane. It's only heaven off of Take What You Want. And, you know, go back and listen to this one. For a hair metal tune, it's kind of trippy. It's kind of spacey. Like, there's a lot of weird keyboards, and it's kind of moody. And then he comes in with his on the verses, and he's really, like, singing, like, a high, soulful kind of singing like he does. And it's just really good song. Like I, said, I don't think it ever could have been a hit because it's just kind of got a weird, almost like a dark vibe to it. I don't know. It's just weird. It's a weird song, but it's really good. It's it's really catchy and it's really good, but there is like a bit of weirdness. You know, do you know what I'm saying? You know the song, right? There's a little bit of oddness to the song. Like it's just not it's not your typical ballad. Like there's there's feels like there's some kind of underlying drama 
uh, in there with the key, the keys and everything. So yeah, cool song, great tune, but it's just it's just kind of an oddball one. Well, take what you want was kind of like that, really. Yeah. Like, all in all, and and almost the same with Over the Edge. Like there's some really off the wall. Like they didn't become like a straightforward hard rock band until uh, Slave to the Thrill. In my opinion, they were very they're a little bit like Lillian. You know, mm-hmm. like they were out there. They were ahead of their time. They did a little bit more than just the straight ahead rock stuff. So. I can understand where you're coming from on, on the description of this one for sure. And that's weird to say that because not to keep harping back on the book thing, but like I said, since I've been going back and listening to a lot of the old interviews, I listened to the one with Robert Sarzo because I'm like, I really want to include something about Hurricane. And I, yeah. and I forgot, I asked him, I go, what would you think of uh, Slave to the Thrill? He's like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't remember a lot about it because it just became a different band. So it's funny when you said that. As soon as you said it, I was like, that's what he said. And he's right. You're right. And you're both right because, you know, I think they're a lot more straightforward uh, with Slave to the Thrill. than uh, Did I call it Slave to the Grind? No, you didn't. Okay. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> well, okay. All right. No worries. <laughs> okay. Wait, this is weird. He, he said that same thing. He said uh, he said that it became a different band. So that's, that really stood out when you just said it. So. Yeah. Oh, cool. Interesting. I remember that interview. Okay. 13. Okay. White Snake. The deeper the love from '89. Nice, <laughs> nice. So I gotta choose. I gotta choose my boys in the snake, man. I think they were really peaking in '89. Um, I love "Is This Love," but I, I dig this ballad more. I know uh-huh. the album beforehand. I get it, but uh, but I'm a weirdo. You know, I, I like I like an underdog, and I and I really I really like "Slip of the Tongue." Uh, equally to the 87 album, even though that album was like perfection in my mind. Yeah. I know we share the love of Slip of the Tongue. So, yeah. but um, like I said, I like the underdogs. Um, but Coverdale's just deep, moody vocals and that really cool synth touch they have on the second verse just fits so perfect. And the pre chorus, I mean, the, the I don't mind that part, uh-huh. that's so killer. I, that's like an 11 out of 10 as he just goes off. And it's just a perfect album. Um, and might I just add a, a, a number thirteen point one? I'm gonna throw a little a little love out to the first one minute of "Love Ain't No Stranger" mm. because that's a perfect ballad. Yeah, <laughs> just that first minute. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so glad uh, that you mentioned uh, "Slip of the Tongue." Uh, and deeper the love, and you know it's funny because it seems like I want to say there was like some banter on Twitter a few weeks back about the Steve Vai stuff, and that Steve Vai wasn't yeah. bluesy enough. There, he's playing some bluesy licks underneath the uh, like bluesy like chords and stuff. Like he, there's there's like a, a bluesy vibe underneath what Dave's singing. So like I, I feel like he does he is kind of bluesy at least in his own right. I mean, but he Steve Vai is a more weirder player. Uh, but I love yeah. what he I, I love what he does on that album, and and that's a great one. And, uh, you know, just, I, I was going to throw this in when I did White Snake, but I'll, I'll just throw it in now. Is yeah. uh, somehow you got, I'm a CD guy. I still got CDs in the car. And sometimes I'll just, anytime I'm in the car, I'll just listen to this, this one CD, even if it's just a couple minute drive here and there. And I've been listening to the Coverdale Page album, you know? And oh, yeah. I got to um, take a look at yourself uh, off that album. Mm-hmm. And that's so good. And it, it kind of reminds me of the deeper the love, like the verses especially. They, they, they seem kind of similar in the verse area. And uh, to me, 
you know, a lot of it sounds like, let's face it, I love it, but it's like, it's not White Snake Wannabe, it's mostly Led Zeppelin Wannabe, right? So most, right, of, the songs, exactly. most songs, like, they're, they're just putting David Coverdell on, like, Led Zeppelin songs. But, take a look, yeah. and uh, the boys are feeling hot tonight. Like, those kind of feel like they, they could have been on the next White Snake album. So, I, I feel like totally. as you get deeper into the Coverdale Page album, those feel like some of those could be White Snake songs. But the, it starts off, it all feels like it could be Led Zeppelin. So, just... Yeah, just a random thought, but take a look at yourself. Definitely reminds me of Deeper the Love. So yeah, yeah, I'll take a look at that one again. Yeah, it's been a while. All right, I got an oddball one, man. I've not, I never talked about these guys on the podcast, and I always feel, and I'm kind of proud of myself that I got something different because I always feel like I'm always got the same go tos. Oh, you know, oh, friggin' loudness and Vasera and Ingve, and, you, know, it's a, you know, like a broken kiss, broken record. Uh, so thirteen. <laughs> Finally living in the stars Hollywood fancy car. Hurricane Alice 1990 Dream Girl and Nice it, dude This is a this is a really cool one man it, it's uh it's almost kind of um it's kind of soulful. I wrote this down. Uh, I did actually do some notes for this one. But he's also singing kind of <laughs> soulful, kind of the way Kelly Hansen does in It's Only Heaven. And, you know, Bruce Newman, I think is the way you say his name, he's got, like, the David Lee Roth, Mark Torian, you know, thing going on. But he's definitely bluesy and soulful. And then he gets crazy. He gets so high on this song. Like, he's screaming wicked high right before the solo. And it all works, oh, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, go listen to Dream, Dream Girl. It's just it's just a cool song. It's got a cool vibe. And uh wasn't a single. I think they only got one single. This was kind of getting to the the end. You know, it was like 1990, 1991. You, they, they weren't doing the three, four video thing anymore. So, Dude, I love this album. I know this song note for note. Great choice. This and actually Hurricane, I found at the flea market here in Santa Cruz. And the, my Hurricane disc was signed. And the Hurricane Alice disc was right next to it, not signed. But I actually didn't really care for this album when I first got it. Mm-hmm. And then I really got into uh, Bad to Love. And then mm. I said, what am I thinking? This album is killer. Yeah. And I memorized, I memorized the whole thing. And Dream Girl... I didn't put on my list, but I put it as an honorable, but excellent choice. Yeah, good. Glad you like it, man. All right. Love it. 12. Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. You said 12? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, well, you go backwards. <laughs> and, uh, That's what's like, next okay. after 13. Well, yeah, you're right. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, all this Hurricane Alice stuff I forgot. Okay, here we go. I, too, have a random one. I got a band called Melidian. Have you heard of them? No, no. Oh, dude, you got me. I dude, I got. It's harder than Signal. You might like this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Signal was too soft. I don't know if anybody. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things, man. It's like if you're if you're in the mood for the soft stuff, right? And you and you get it, then okay, okay, you like it. But then, like for some reason, I was just in the mood for some harder stuff, so I tried Signal, and then I think I told you I messaged you. I was like, no, I gotta listen to like. 90s hair model like revenge and, and, and yes. face the heat you know whatever dog eat dog when everybody was getting a little heavier so there you go i get that but this band melidian okay the song is called broken toys the album's from 89 huh. absolute gem uh this is the sole ballad on the album a really cool use of percussion and acoustic really odd kind of instrumentation at the beginning very different um 
it's not sappy at all it just happens to be in ballad form really cool guitar solos and the album is called lost in the wild huh. and i i absolutely think this album rules if you've never heard it it's kind of like i lump it into like uh i had thrown in frontline before in a previous episode yes, um i remember that they i i don't know where Melidian is from i don't know if they're an american band or not but um it is on spotify it's re-released on cd out there um highly suggested real gritty vocals hard rock album really cool great drums great percussion so um one to look into for sure nice all right man that's good i'll, I'll have to check that one out uh my number 12 uh ellie guns it's over now i think this is a great song oh, off of uh, wow. hollywood vampires it's weird because i you know, I went back uh, and looked at some stuff with Phil Lewis when I talked to him, and he he didn't like this song back in the day. He sang, right. said he sang it once, and that was it. Like he, he he didn't like it, and I think they had to play it live because it was a minor hit for him. I think if you go back and you watch um, uh, YouTube, they did it at like an MTV Spring Break for somehow they they were able to hang on. But when you go back and listen to that song. It, it, it almost sounds like musically like Hootie and the Blowfish or something. Even though that was before. like So I feel like they were kind of ahead of their time with this track. This track is very contemporary. It doesn't sound like the typical hair metal ballad. You know, it's just more of a, it's just got like a chill vibe. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of laid back and kind of bluesy and stuff. And it's a it's a Jim Valance, right? I think he wrote most of it. I don't. They, it's like it's him and L.A. Guns, so maybe they just did little parts. But it sounds like he did the majority of the writing. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great song. And uh, I just remember back in the day thinking it was weird because I thought um, when uh, Hollywood Vampires was released, I figured L.A. Guns were like dead on arrival. It was 1991. Right. I remember, "Kiss My Love Goodbye" didn't do anything. And I don't even know what the next video was. If it was, if they did some life or love, I don't remember what they did. But, but nothing was hitting. And then I think, I think it was almost ninety two when it's over uh, now comes out, and I was like, oh, these guys are shot. They're toast. <laughs> they got no shot. And uh, MTV actually played it, and they had a minor hit. And I was really surprised that LA Guns, you know, being called LA Guns in in the hair, in the grunge era, like how do you make it? You know what I mean? But uh, but they did. And they played uh, the spring break of 92, I think it was, and uh, the crowd was going nuts for him. Even though I think Tracy Guns is wearing a flannel, but we'll, we'll give him the pass. He was 92. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, two things. When you first said Ellie Guns, I thought I would have I would have bet a thousand bucks you would have said Ballad of Jane. I like That's that. why my reaction yeah. is as such when you said it's over now. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Um, and then in a different episode, you and someone, I can't remember what episode it was discussed this very topic and that was that LA Guns actually had a hit in that era and they were invited to spring break uh -huh. and they were a little bit like gothier maybe it was you and me that talked about it I can't uh -huh. remember now yeah I but think uh, I, I do <laughs> I do remember you talking about this album and thinking that it was a sneaky little surprise hit and that was um well deserved because it's a cool album and a really cool song yeah definitely all yeah. right bro. what do you got for 11 <laughs> Eleven. Okay, uh, so this is the first of my three repeats on this list, but I got Winger Under One Condition from 1990. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I got that, that great subtle use of keys and a, 
that simple but great, that very typical mystical winger vibe they have here. But um, this is such a sneaky, intricate album, just a gem, yep. genius album. And it's just a, it's a coin flip on the first two albums in terms of what ballad I was going to incorporate, but they're just all packed with gold. You, you can't go wrong with any of the winger ballads or mid-tempos on any mm-hmm. of these, the first two, and kind of even three albums. So, But I've, re- I've always really been partial to Under One Condition, so I, I had to throw it out there to number 11. So when you said repeats, you're just talking about repeat bands, but not repeat songs, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Repeat oh, bands. Okay, so I got repeat bands, too. Okay, so we're all good. So, no, Under One Condition's great. You know, it's, there's, I can't, Winger doesn't ever go wrong on the ballads. I don't, I've never heard a bad Winger ballad, so, no, you got it. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So this one is a mid-tempo one. Okay. So my number eleven is MSG. Anytime, anytime. You know, what a song. Nice, dude. What a tune, man. And you know, it's got that's another one of those ones where you go through the verses and you got the slow chug. I think you're right. Maybe they do the slow chug when it hits the second verse. I can't remember if it's in the first or the second. And um his voice is just so good on this song. And he actually kind of almost starts the song off a cappella, really. You know, he's just got like those mm-hmm. those hits, you know, that he just a couple hits behind him uh, when he's singing. And it's so good. And uh, yeah, I just love this song. I think most people have come to appreciate this song over the years. Great chorus, great melodies. Yeah, MSG, man, anytime. Oh, dude, I love this band so much. I, the um, 91 album is just perfection to me. I do like Save Yourself a lot, yeah. and I do like this song a lot. So, dude, very cool that you incorporated these guys. I love it. Yeah. All right, number 10. Living without you, don't me. Number 10, I got Shotgun Messiah, Living Without You from Ooh. 1991. Nice. Yeah, dude. Um, Second Coming, what a cool album. The album is great. It's got Red Hot, Heartbreak Boulevard, I Want More. But this song, it's not what I expected. It's a lot like that Every Mother's Nightmare choice I had on the last list. Uh, it's kind of random that they'd have such a sweet ballad on there. But um, Tim Scold isn't exactly a, a singer's singer, but... This entire album is is him. It's like Bye Bye Zinni, uh-huh. which I don't mind on this album, but I because I, I really do like Zinni's voice a lot on the first album, but yep. it works for me really well on this album because it's just more of a, a like, without calling it grunge, a grungier hard rock album. So this is a really cool mid-tempo ballad and... Uh, the part that they really let it rip with when they say, if there's a tear in my eye, that's a really sweet part of the song. So check that one out. You know, and I've, I've said this a million times. I've never got into this album. I really liked the debut. And then between Zinni being gone and just no promotion for this. And I was kind of starting to get into some heavier stuff at that point, And I just never, never got into it, you know, and then I tried to go back and, mm. it, and it doesn't, it just doesn't register. I don't know why. You know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give up on it because a lot of people love it. So I'm going to keep trying with with uh, Second Coming. But yeah, I've just never never connected with it. So crazy because it is harder. You know, it's like kind of yeah. the recipe that maybe I, I would assume you would be looking for at that point because they. I mean, Heartbreak Boulevard is is hard, but it's a I hit. Do, I do like that song. I do like that song. Yeah, but there's a lot like that on this album. So maybe. 
Give it another shot. I give it another shot. <laughs> All right. I got a weird one. It's number 10. It's not from really, really back in the day. It's it's done more in recent times. I've talked about it before. I love it. It's a mid-tempo. Vince Neil, another bad day, off of uh, Tattoos and Tequila, I think that's what, what it's Ooh, called. Yeah. And I love this song, man. It's written by Nikki Six. You know, for at least for that moment, I think this was in 2010, could be wrong. It's got that great, it's just like a poppy modern vibe, you know, going on. Like it's, you know, it, it, it feels kind of like the old days, but it's, it's updated enough to pass for 2010. And I think Vince sounds great on it. I wish Motley Crue either would have done some more music like this, you know, in the reunion era time, uh, or Vince just did a whole album of this kind of music because it just, his voice fits perfect. It's so catchy. It's just kind of moody and, you know, it's like mid-tempo, moody tune and big fan. Love it. That's awesome. I'm stoked you threw in a more modern um, ballad because... I remember we did discuss this album and uh, I went back and listened to that and it's really cool and I was thinking the same thing. It would have been awesome to incorporate on a Motley album. So, yeah. really cool choice by you. Huh. I'm trying, man. I'm trying with this list. <laughs> I know. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Okay. The legends make the list. I got the warrant. Let It Rain from 92. Ooh, yeah. Yep. So Janie and Co., they made the cut this time. Just like uh, just like Winger Without the Night was considered on list number one. Yep. Um, that I, I feel like this is the sleeper ballad of this album. And I I really I, I love the sad, deep lyrics, actually. The, the, the video is really odd, though, because it's basically just Janie and a guitar with some live clips pieced, pieced in like the... Uh, like Brett, when he was just performing solo with the live stuff, editing during the <laughs> Swallow This studio song, or so, so Tell Me Why. Yeah. You know, I, I think the record company saw the writing on the wall regarding the Dog Eat Dog album and, yep. and threw out a low-budget video, but uh, yes. I've always just loved, loved this song. On the, this is a great album, but like I said, I think it was um, it was winding down, and they knew it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great. Janie Bales are great. Doggy Dog is great. And I love how you did. You brought up the Brett Michaels one because I don't remember this video all that much, but I totally remember. Uh, yeah, so tell me yeah. why. I remember even as a you know kid when it came out, I was like, okay, we're just filming Brett playing the guitar on his own in an alley. And then we're just yes. <laughs> these like almost like just stupid live clips that don't even really go with the music or anything. And I was like, yeah, they're really cheesing out on the, on the budget on this one. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Dude, this is like a camcorder, though. This is like <laughs> grainy, shitty, uh, awful camcorder, and they're just like, all right, Janie, sit down and play this song, and we're going to throw in some live shit. And it's from Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' Rich. It's from the uh, the live video from that album they released in Florida. Oh, that's really and it's, weird. So it's like, you know, four years old at that point, and they're just throwing a bunch of live shit. I'm like, dude, you ain't fooling no one, especially someone like you and me. <laughs> I hate that. You know, yeah, let's just face it, man. A lot of us, when it comes to this stuff, we're real passionate about it. We got like OCD. Like if you're, if, if it's like, if it's the um, Cherry Pie Tour and you're throwing in clips from Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich, no, because we know the outfits were different and the stage was different. No, no, you can't pull a fast one on us. You know what I mean? It's like, we're too, we're too smart for that. 
Dude, side note, you know the most insulting example of that is in The Dirt, the Motley Crue book. Mm-hmm. They have a Shout era pick, and they talk about it being from the girls' era. Oh. And I was like, dude, really? Fail. How are you going to let this fly? You Fail. can't do that shit. So, hey, they don't get anything by you and me. No, no way. You know, And you know the worst <laughs> one that happens all the time is with Kiss. Because Kiss, it's very distinct because, you know, if you're a Kiss fan, you know the costumes they wore for Alive, for Destroyer, for Love Gun, for, you know, Dynasty. Like, it's a specific look. And, you know, it always drives you crazy when they'll say, like, Kiss from 1977. And they'll show them in the 1979 costumes. And you're like, no, loser, you're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, that awesome. stuff drives That's me nuts. That's a true nuts. fan. That drives me nuts. Um, okay, number nine. Gotta give it to my boys, Brittany Fox, and uh, going with Long Road. Long Road's Ooh, okay. a pretty cool song. It's the last song on Boys in Heat. This is like Britney's nice. cowboy touring song, like 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 a Wanted Dead or Alive type of a song, where they're they're talking about the uh, the road and all these different faces that you see out on the road, and it's very catchy, very cool. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, in, it sounds like it's indicative of the 80s touring cycle. You know what I mean? It's got great harmonies and it's mostly sung in his just, I guess I'll call it his real voice. So it's sung in his real voice, right. but he integrates the scream randomly. You know what I mean? Throughout the song, just like maybe before the solo and just maybe after the solo, the, the, the high scream voice comes in. So I always love this song. It's really cool. And, uh, long road. It's great. I have some Britney coming up. It's not that, but nice. it's. Kind of similar. <laughs> okay, number eight. All right, number eight. I got another repeat band. And it is Steelheart, and the song is called All Your Love. And they make their return on list number two. This is... Uh, from the Tom Werman apparently has zero recollection of producing album <laughs> um, Tangled in Rains uh, it's a great song um, the second half of this verse just absolutely kills um, he lets it rip I'm sorry the, the, the second half of each verse so verse one verse two he lets it rip and it it's like him singing in full voice in ballad form and it just it works really well um, he brings it back down for the bridge and then in terms of it fitting an album, it's much more of a fit for this kind of harder, more raw album in 92 than their 1990 uh, debut. But it's a really cool follow-up to the Mighty self-titled uh, debut. So I had to incorporate it. It was it was a late addition, and I couldn't believe that I forgot about it because it's one of my favorites. So nice. I had to throw it in there in the middle of the pack. Cool. I know you're a steel heart guy, so good. Nice. All right, number eight. Uh, I was torn on a couple different songs by these guys, but ultimately, I think I made the right call. Don't be cruel, can't you see? If you don't catch me now, and it's Scorpions, and I'm going with Believe in Love, and I think this is a great, another great ballad that ends an album, you know, in, in 1988 with uh, Animal, not Animal Magnetism, man, I'm screwing up tonight. 
what's this one? Oh, Savage Amusement. <laughs> Savage, Savage Amusement. All their titles, a lot of their titles are the same, <laughs> same kind of a gist, you know. But anyways, yeah. uh, Believe in Love, man. And I don't. I, you and I talked about this before. It might have been like just through text. And I don't remember if you brought it to my attention or if I brought it to your attention. But the verses of this were kicking around like in the 70s. Uh, but yes. they, they didn't complete it. Did I bring it to your attention, or did you bring it to, my, to mine? Um, it was God, it was the Scorpions uh, episode we did. Oh, did we talk about it? I think in doing research, I can't remember if it, you told it. me or I, or I discovered it, but I was shocked, dude. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, because it sounds like an 80s song. But I think when you listen to the verses, the verses have that... Um, kind of typical, like almost like mystical, you know, laid back Scorpions verse. You know what I mean? So it's very much, you know, the line, those lines, the verses are they kind of remind you of still loving you. But when it picks up, man, it really gets going, and it's got a um, really powerful pre-chorus, and I just love it. You know, it really picks up, and then the chorus, I just feel like you could have the whole audience doing the sway with their arms up in the air. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this song could like heal the world or something if we'd let it. You know what I mean? So it's. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but the cool part, the part I was trying to remember, the pre-chorus is like, you don't catch me now, guess yes. I'm falling down. You know, it's just so powerful. And then that chorus that just, you know, everybody, it's like kumbaya almost, that, that Believe in Love chorus. So, yeah, great song. Dude, awesome point on the pre-chorus being strong because I found that in list number one, a lot of those I had to refer to was the bridge pre-chorus was really strong and it almost was like a, they came down for the actual chorus line, and this is the perfect example of that. And I totally forgot about this song, or else I probably would have thrown it on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know. So the one, the other one I was torn with was "Walking on the Edge." I love that too. Oh yeah. And that. Yeah, good one. I just felt like this overall was the total package. That song's very cool, but I thought this song just beat it out. So. Yeah, yeah, and and like you were saying, listening to those demo vocals versions of, of this song from the 70s it was so cool to hear that the song was basically written and they updated it for this uh yeah. for this 88 album and it, it, they i'm so glad they did definitely all right man what you got for seven okay seven i got um, we're entering the hard ballad section for me so i got a few in a row here but I got Pretty Maids, No It Ain't Easy from 1992. And this is just such a ripping chorus. They step it up to high gear vocally, and it's just such a really, it's such a cool acoustic electric intro. And about midway, they really kick it into gear in the, in the verses. And I just got to throw a shout out to Ronnie's voice. The guy is so killer the way he can. He's got that range. It's like a harem scarum thing where he can go super low and super high, super gritty. Doesn't matter. He's got it all. What a consistent band. I love Pretty Maids and and you you can just crank their whole catalog and never be let down. So that's number seven, kicking off my hard ballad section. Nice. I, I love Pretty Maids. I was gonna put a Pretty Maids one on. I think it would ended up in my honorables. Yeah, the Savage Heart. You know, it's got that huge chorus. So they've got some really good power ballads, but I just didn't. It didn't make the cut. But I definitely I like what they've got going on. You had them on list one, right? You had. Um, oh, I did. What's the song. The one. The cover. Donna. Oh, Donna oh, no, was, or something. No, that was on the cover cover episode. Cover. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. I love that. Yep, that's there you on, go. That must be on the same. That's on the the same album you're talking about. Yep. Your same song. decade. Yep. Okay. All right, number seven. 
I'll, I'll probably put the music in right here. I gotta go with another oh. mid-tempo. You're let me, a- let me tell you, let me, hold on. There you go. <laughs> I was gonna say, let me guess it. <laughs> okay. Alright, you're up. I'll cry for you. And I knew I had to put something from Prisoners in Paradise, because I love Prisoners in Paradise. And I mean, you know, honestly, I think I almost put some Europe on before. I mean, I was tossing around uh, Carrie and all different ones that they've had, man. Um, Open Your Heart, that's kind of yep. fits the mold. But I went with this one. You know, it's great mid tempo. You got Key Marcello playing those super sweet melodies that follow what the vocals are doing. Uh, huge chorus. And, and Joey just sounds great, man. So I got to give it up for I'll Cry for You. Awesome. Very awesome. I'll throw out right away now in my honorables. I had Prisoners in Paradise as a song, yeah. and it's definitely my favorite Europe album. And I thought about open open your heart. I don't love Carrie, so I didn't even talk about mm-hmm. it. But awesome choice. Sweet. All right, number six. Okay, here's where I got Britney. I got Britney Fox. Over and Out from 1991. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So this is my number one Britney album. I love Tommy Paris' vocals. And just hands down, I think he's far superior to Dizzy, even though I love those first two albums. Mm -hmm. I might get crucified for that one, but whatever. I'm going to hang up on you. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, dude. Dude, he's playing, by the way, September 22nd at the Whiskey, and I think he's playing all of Bite Down Hard. Ooh. And it's it's like eight hours from me, but huh. I don't know. I got two. I got two kids. Uh, I I can't be making that trek these days. No, no. <laughs> but watch it on YouTube. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, YouTube is right. So his voice is just so pissed and raspy, and it's got that range forever. And it's just a perfect fit for this band. This is just an acoustic electric combo, and it sounds. Like like a tribute to a lost family member, probably. So it's it's yeah. it's a it's in ballad form again, but it's not sappy. Um, that live version is is perfect. I, I don't like I said he, maybe there was some studio magic, but damn, it's just perfect. It's he's almost full voice during this whole ballad, which makes it pretty cool. And if uh, anybody out there hasn't heard his real name Don Jilson which I remember you you know you and I talked about uh Jilson which he is putting out on his website these days and a a big package for this September 22nd show at the Whiskey um you can buy the Jilson album but there's two ballads on that one too called Goodbye and then Mean What You Say so those are my 5.1s and those are equally killer but uh for this I got Britney over and out nice but we're on six right I'm at six point one. I can count. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, really, I really like really like this song, and I really like uh, "Look My Way." I think I like "Look My Way" better. But the I crazy about thing it, about yeah. "Look My Way," and, and now ever since this has happened, it's like spoiled because I remember like I don't know. I think it was somebody online said, "Oh, this that song sounds like forever," and I was like, "What?" And then one time I was listening to it, like I was like making breakfast or something, and I had had it on, and somebody in my house said, "Oh, that song sounds like forever." So now, like, I feel like every time I hear "Look My Way," I hear forever. So I don't know. I don't know if it, if they just poison my mind or if they really does sound like forever. I just don't know. I I think it does. Yeah, it probably <laughs> does. It came out after the. Yeah, it probably does. Okay, um, number yeah. six. 
I got some Warren. I got some Doggy Dog, but I'm going with Bitter Pill. And Bitter Pill, man, is is super cool. It's you know, like you said, it's got it's you know, these songs are kind of deep, and this song's kind of haunting, and it's almost like there's like piano and synth mix. Like it's 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 definitely interesting, and I love how he talks and he answers himself in the verses. Really cool. Yep. And then you know, and you know, of course, great chorus. You know, it's typical Janie type stuff. But man, you get toward the end of the song, and there's some weird shit going on. They bust into some like monk choir stuff that almost is reminiscent of sabotage. And then right after mm-hmm. they do that, they do like the doom, and it sounds just like Queensryche. So like I don't know if they were like dabbling in some other shit, getting you know some other styles, and they were trying to mix them in. But that that song's freaking epic, man. I love it. Oh yeah, it is definitely leaps and bounds ahead of the debut in terms of their genius at the time. So. I, I I I did like I said this this album is probably my more number one so I know it very well. Yeah. All right. Number five. Number five. I got Icon Forever Young from 1989. Um, yeah. So the legend surrounding this band is pretty cool. It um, very highly praised. First two albums, and I'm, I'm sure I'll catch some shit for discussing Light Between the Eyes as opposed to the first two, but whatever. Um, this is a classic in the hard ballad realm. It's got that really catchy, um, speeds up ty- type of mid-verse speed up thing they got going on. Um, really cool rasp in his voice. The backup vocals are really high and awesome. It, it's a sweet album all around. It's, it's definitely my favorite Icon album. Um, but I don't know, man. This is just the perfect hard ballad epitome of that. Got the really raspy thing going on. And if you want to check out this album, one of my favorite songs of all time. And like, if you said, all right, give me the recipe for what an eighties hard rock song should sound like. There's a song called running under fire. It's the last song on the album. And it's just like the the perfect eighties hard rock album or a song so side note check that out but in terms of hard ballads this is fitting the recipe very well hmm. i remember icon but i don't remember this song I, re- I think one of my buddies had this album what was this what was the video there was a video for this album yeah it's uh two for the road hmm. still, yeah there's that one um i just picked picture the album yeah. where like there's a girl with sunglasses holding yeah. a bullet right is that the one that's right. Okay. Yeah, it's like an animated, it's like a, a, Drawing, a yeah. cartoon. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So but, I mean, but the album, dude, I'm telling you, it's it's sweet. Two for the road and taking my breath away are the two um, singles, if you will. Uh, but yeah, definitely check this one out. There's a live recording of these guys playing in like Arizona, and dude, it is so terrible. Like the singer just completely lost his voice. Uh, and like there's a there's like apologies from the, the YouTube author. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but don't let that stray you because it's a killer album and a killer killer band. Nice. Different singer from the first two albums. <laughs> okay. Uh number five. I gotta go winger. I'm bringing winger back too on this list, and I'm going with without the night. It's it's Ooh, great. I think we nice. I think we almost mentioned it, you know, but we but it wasn't on anyone's list, right? The last time or no? 
Exactly. Yes. No, okay. it was not. I wanted it to be, but it yes. wasn't. Yes. You know, it, it's. I, I can't. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's. It's pretty straightforward. I like it better than Headed for a Heartbreak. I think it's got great melodies. You know, vocals are high quality. It, it's just. Uh, it's just good winger, man. Like I said, they don't screw up with the ballads, and you know, and it's. That's a moody thing, you know. It feels like you know he got his heart broken, and you know, it, it, you know, he's okay during the day, but when it's time to go to sleep, you know, he's he's thinking about the lady that did him wrong or whatever. So it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's just a great song. It's just a well written tune. So yes, great song. I was kicking that one around big time. So glad you put it on there. All right, number four. Okay, going with Billy Idol, Prodigal Blues from 1990 from wow. uh, Charmed Life. That is a weird dude. One. It is weird, dude. I, again, it's it's not sappy. It's not lovey. It's about I believe it's about his father, but it's dude. It's such a cool groove. This song, um, it might have even like crept into my number one had there not been so many giants above it. But dude. It, it's it's just such a cool album. Great memories of this album coming out. Really good instrumentation. Billy Billy's vocals are are just peaking on this album. He goes real deep and real high for Billy. Um, really good <laughs> kick in. Yeah, I know for Billy. I love high. Uh, some kick in pre chorus, but it settles right back in after each one. So, um, like zero part of the song drags on or gets boring. It just never gets old. So, uh, it's. Probably number three or four on the album, Prodigal Blues. Definitely check it out if you skipped over this one on Charmed Life. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember this one, so I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> um, number four, I, I've got kind of a little bit of a weird one. It's not a weird one for me, but that's not one that most people are super familiar with. I got Paul Stanley every time I see you around from 2006 I think when we, when we talked about this era I talked about this song and it, it's definitely a power ballad in the time where the power ballad was kind of like a lost art you know what I mean it was kind of over but um you know Paulie's got a winner here man it, it, there's part of it that's kind of foreverish speaking of songs that kind of remind me of forever this one I think does it's super catchy I always wish like somebody who was popular at the time would have redone it because I think they could have had a hit like if it came out as Paul Stanley it's dead you know but if it comes out as like I don't know Justin Bieber or something I don't know you know, <laughs> just somebody that was more you know contemporary uh, and yeah and the biggest thing you know there's there's a, a huge chorus very catchy chorus and um, this is probably the last time we hear Paul's voice in, in top form. And I don't even, I, don't, I hate to say it, I don't even know if his voice really is in 100% top form on this album. Because I feel like on some of the heavier songs, I'm starting to hear a slight strain. But on this song, you don't hear it at all. It sounds really good. And I think right after this, it, it's like something happened. Nobody really knows if he pulled something. He had vocal surgery. It didn't <laughs> fix it. And by the time you get to Sonic Boom, something really isn't right. You know what I mean? It just does. It, there's it's a lot of strain and a lot of weirdness going on. But I think this is probably the last time that his voice is very pleasant sounding on a recording. You know what I mean? And, and I know metal isn't supposed to be pleasant, but you, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like you hear the strain and the the trying to hide the strain on the next couple Kiss albums. But yeah, great song. If you don't know this song, go back because you'll be like, yeah, this either what about a huge hit in like the 80s or somebody like a modern star could have produced it a little bit more contemporary style and been had a huge hit. So 
Yeah, dude, I'll have to check that out because I remember you said that this was the last album that he kind of let it rip on him. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll revisit this one for sure. Sweet, man. Number three, we're down. We're getting down there. Top three, I got... Your boy, Joel Ellis. I got heavy bones. <laughs> heavy bones. Turn it on from 92. You can't, you can knock the dude, but you can't knock his vocals, dude. Oh. Like, he, he's just, he's got those raspy, perfect vocals. Um, between Cats and Boots and this CD, Heavy Bones, I really preach his discography. And this song in particular has always stood out on the record. Um, again, it's got that catchy pre-chorus into a massive chorus. Cool piano guitar mix that's not annoying at all. It works really well. And it's probably my favorite song on the album. It's got mood to it. It it soars. It's it's not sappy. It's got this kick in that's undeniable. So check out Turn It On from '92. I love that song. And if you want to hear the uniqueness of his voice, listen to the way he sings the verses. Really cool. Really unique. Catchy song. Yep, I love it. I'm glad you like it. All right, number three. This is where I put Waste Nate off of Slip of the Tongue. I'm going with Now You're Gone, man. I think this is ballady. It's not like super... It's a mid-tempo. I, I, I call this a yep. mid-tempo. And, you know, you got that sweet intro by Steve I doing the, the, the vocal melody kind of in the beginning. And David, man, he's in top form on Slip of the Tongue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the verses are great. You got the big payoff chorus. What you got? bluesy licks in there you know what i mean yeah it's just it's just all good man you know what i mean um yeah. and i love how like when they, they, they you know it's kind of like that answering stuff like we talked about with warren you know like this heart of mine you know what i mean like they're yep. you know, like backing yep. him up and there's just there's so many awesome melodies all throughout this just in all parts of it there's little parts that just sound so catchy in the verse in the chorus in the pre-chorus you know you're all that i want you know what i mean it's just so good and the solo is amazing too. I love the I love the solo. It's just so good. I, I, honestly, I think this is up there with one of my favorite White Snake songs. I love this song. It's just so good. So love it. Yeah, dude. The the mood and the feel of this song is is perfect. Great era for White Snake. Love this song. Glad you put it on there. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Number two. Go with one of my big guys from '92, and that is. and the song is called We Belong from 1992 and it rounds out my hard ballads list here. I had five of those guys, but they were almost the kings of 92 if Hardline wouldn't have topped them. But uh, what an epic CD this is. Uh, but this song is a standout on the album for me. It's really great plugged in acoustic mellow intro and kicked up mid-verse, huge chorus. Um, the post-solo mellow is really cool, and it kicks into like the biggest chorus there is on the album or on the song. So it's just a perfect hard ballad from a perfect CD. And um, if you guys don't know Saints and Sinners, I've I've talked about them a few times. Uh -huh. um, w worth it, worth it, big time. It's where music should have been in '92 with Wildside, Hardline, Saints and Sinners, etc. So um, great CD, check it out. 
Nice. I don't know this song. You know, I couldn't hum it to you right now, but, but I know I've listened to Saints and Sinners based on your recommendation, so I will have to go back yeah. and check this bad boy awesome. out. Number two, I know you're not a huge fan of this album, but um, I'm going to try to explain myself why, why I like this song so much. <laughs> I got, I got poison. Uh, until you suffer some fire and ice, man. Oh yeah, I love this Good. tune. You know, and it's weird because I think like the verses, they don't do a ton for me. So why, like I'm thinking to myself, so why do I got at number two? But wait, so so the 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 verses are cool. You know, they're bluesy, and I think there's some really nice uh, bluesy licks on the guitar and cool melody, uh, harmony voices from uh, Richie Kotzen. So I, I like that. But there's something about like if, if this is the pre-chorus or maybe it's just the chorus, but it's like hold on now, baby. Like when they get to that part. And, and and I hate I keep saying contemporary, but I do feel like if you listen to what the like the chord progression and what the guitar is doing, it almost reminds me of the way it's over now is by L.A. Guns. Like it sounds oh, yeah. like something from the '90s here. It doesn't sound like an '80s band anymore. And and it's just I don't know. It's just really catchy, kind of modern sounding, kind of cool. Got a great vibe. I, I just really like it, man. There's something about it when that part kicks in. It's like oh. This is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Like, I don't know why I like it so much. So that's why I put it at two. And I just, I dig the vibe. And I just think Brett, at least back in the day, and I said it in the last, I think in the last list, I had two Poison songs. Brett was like the the master, man. He was like a, a, a ballad master. He's a great songwriter. I just wish I could get like a little bit more of that from him today. I, I don't know if he does yeah. songs or the songs that he does just don't register with me i don't know what's going on where there's a disconnect between that me and brett right now but but like when i go back and listen to all that like his big songs you know i mean i mean all of his songs he's got a lot of great songs but his big songs like man he was such a good writer like i wish he could do some more of that you know so well i mean he was probably hitting his stride that year you know like yeah. he was a young man still yeah. it just the, the game changed it, uh, around him and he was really firing on all cylinders and he was stepped up to be the leader of the band like he always has but like he really stepped up at that point yeah. so it, it, i'm sure like the the genre changed around him to make it so you didn't get all you wanted from brett but yeah it would be cool because he's still a relatively young man and he could he could still power him out like that so really cool song i like i like your choice and i thought the album after this was good too the um uh, crack a smile Crack a Smile. Crack a Smile's got some cool songs. Lay Your Body Down was a ballad. Oh, yeah. There's some cool shit on there. It's, I mean, it's that's a weird one. I mean, that we, we could have a whole episode dysecting that one. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, such totally. a hybrid album. Like, it's fun, but it's 90s, you know? It's almost, like, comical at times, but it's poison. You know, I don't know. It's the one, It's a real super weird album, and it may be one of those albums, like, in, in 30 years from now, someone's going to listen to it and say, this was a masterpiece. <laughs> you know, he was so ahead yeah. of his time, you know what I mean? But, you know, it never got a, a good, a proper release or any of that kind of stuff. So so it, it we never, we'll never know if it could have been anything, but that that's there's some weird shit on that one. That's a good one. <laughs> totally. I agree. I love that album. All right. This is it, man. Hit me with something oh. good. Number one. Oh. Well, what do you think I'm going to have as number one? <laughs> with this list, is so diverse. It can be anyone. It can be anybody. I, I'm not even going to take a guess. All right. Well, I got my Giants on there. I got Def Leppard. He's scary. Oh, I should have known. You should have known. 
Dude, I only put it on there because you gave me the go-ahead that the song Hysteria is considered a ballad. Okay? I should have said it wasn't. I've... No, that's not a ballad. You can't use it. No. <laughs> well, I can come up with something else. But uh, I think this is the first time I've considered it a ballad, but it's also a true mid-tempo kind of in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah. going to put it at the top of the list because this is a weird list. But, I mean, dude, I don't even, I, I wrote zero notes on this one because I'm so schooled up on it. <laughs> and like I said before, I don't even need to bore the people with the, the, the lore surrounding this album. This song is the most catchy, most three-part guitar, three-part harmony song on the album, and it never gets old. It's easy to sing. It's fun to sing. And it goes over really well live to this day. And it's just a monster album in my mind. I I know it's a monster album in the sales records world as well. But I can't deny it. And even though ACDC is always going to be my favorite, Def Leppard Hysteria might creep into my number one album of all time. So I'm just going to throw it out there as my number one hard ballad mid-tempo being the song Hysteria from 87. Okay, all right, man. Well, if I did now, you're gone. You definitely can do hysteria. And uh-huh. um, perfect. And you know, I can't. I can't <laughs> knock. I'm not a huge Death Upper guy, but I can't knock that song. It's a great song. But you know, I want to just mention it. And I'm not a big Death Leopard guy, but I really think they had some great ballads on Adrenalize. They did. I know. I wanted to. I'm surprised you didn't. I, you do I, one I of those. <laughs> it was um, two steps behind. And have you ever needed someone yeah. so bad? Those are pretty good ballads, man. So, dude. Two Steps Behind was right there, almost nudging hysteria, but I, I couldn't nudge the giant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my number one shouldn't really surprise anybody because these guys always are high on lists. So frail the heart, but if I was blessed with just one wish to take me through And at number one, I'm going to give to Lillian Axe. Uh, the day that I met you off of Psycho Schizophrenia. If you don't know this wow. song, if you don't know this song, just go listen to it. You know, get a box of tissues because depending <laughs> on, on like what's going on in your life, you it, you might cry. You know what I mean? But it, it's so good. You got Steve Blaze's. Um, I believe he would. Yeah, he he wrote all the lyrics I think on this album. So you got Steve Blaze's lyrics. You got some really nice soft guitar. You know, behind uh, Ron Taylor. And Ron Taylor's voice is just and this. Is, there's nowhere to hide. So, like, if you're not a good singer and you're just singing to a guitar, you, you know, there's no, you can't morph it in with sound effects or effects or other voices. Like, Ron Taylor just got an amazing voice. This song is so good, and it's just you feel something, you know. And it reminds me of like I've always said that like there's certain songs about like John Lennon. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to write one of those songs that makes people feel something. And this song always yep. has made me feel something. It's and it's like the day he wants to go back to the day that he, he met you. So you could put this like what did did the relationship fall apart and he just wants to rewind to the good days? Did the person pass away? He wants to rewind back to the first day that he met them. That was a happy day. You know what I mean? So it's really deep. That's a really deep album all the way around if you listen to Psycho Schizophrenia. But man, this song is something great. And I want to give my buddy... Ron Taylor, a plug. He has a new song out with his band, Low Side. And <laughs> the new song by Low Side is called This Old Life. 
And Ron Taylor, man, still has it. He still sounds the way that he did. The music has changed. It's a little bit more modernized, but it's it's still rock. You're going to love it. Go check out Low Side This Old Life. But before you do, listen to The Day That I Met You by Lillian X. So that's what I got. Damn. I got to go back. I love that song. It's just... It's just so good. And you know what? If you um, if you listen to this song, a lot of people say that Green Day ripped this song off. I think it's their wow. song called September. They have a song called September? Uh-huh. It's like a ballad song. So. Yeah. It, it could have just been on accident. Like, they never heard it before, and they just created something. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if they're if Green Day's Lily and Axe fans. They should be, but they probably aren't. They should but, um, be. Yeah. So, that, yeah. There's, there's a correlation between those two songs. But uh, yeah, man. So, all right. What, what do you got? Well, I know you got about eight hundred honorable mentions. You give me, give me yeah. at least two or three of them. <laughs> well, how about I fire through them? I promise I won't get get crazy into them. But first of all, awesome Lillian choice. I got to go back and listen to it. You're such a dedicated fan. That's killer. Yeah. Love Ron Taylor, and I'll also check out Low Side. Okay, honorables. I can't believe neither one of us put L.A. Guns, Ballad of Jane. I know. I, you know. Look, man. It, I don't. Some of them, I love them, but like they're just. I think I'm just worn out with them. You know what I mean? And same thing with Cinderella. I was like, how did I not put? Don't know what you got till it's gone or heartbreak. I love. I do like those songs. <laughs> I don't know if they're just I'm just played out with them. I think. I know. I get it. And also, without talking about the honorables, how did neither one of us put "Rat One Step Away" or "Giving Yourself Away"? Because. I know. I know those are very borderline, but I mean we're both rat guys. I know this was kind of like the the, the the misfit toys <laughs> list where we could put whatever we wanted. But anyway, it's a dirty so shame. there's that. <laughs> so I got uh, it's a shame, Tiger shame, shame, Tim. Ryan. It's a shame, shame, I, shame. It is a shame, shame, shame. Damn. Okay, so I got uh, Tiger Tales Heaven. Mm. Um, have you ever heard of a band called Bad Boys? Was Paul Shortino's band after Fight Riot? No, never heard of Bad Boys. No. It's very original. Really cool. That's a very original band name, though. I got to give them that. Yeah, well, they have two D's in bad and <laughs> oh, a Z in boys. Okay? okay, so it's very original. That is Don't very. Mess with that 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 makes it better. <laughs> there you go. Um, Firehouse, Love of a Lifetime, mm. Vixen, Love is a Killer, mm. Giant, Sea in My Dreams, Scorpions, Send Me an Angel, yeah. great one. Slaughter, Fly to the Angels, Vinnie Vincent, Love Kills. Yeah. You ever heard of You ever heard of Fierce Heart? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, song called Dust Caught in My Eye, very funny. Sweet FA, Ooh. Motley, You're All I Need. Yep. Bon Jovi, Better Roses, Prisoners in Paradise, Europe, and White Lion, um, Children Cry. That's all yes. I got. I sped oh. through them for you. Well, here's why I don't have a lot of honorable mentions, because this list was like a million songs. So, like, I cut yeah. out the, the original list out of this list. Then I had I had to make the new list, and then to like cut out the noise that was on this in notes in my phone, I got rid of the honorables, so I don't even know what they were. There were some, but um, one <laughs> when I was creating my list that I almost put on because it was fitting the bill, like a song like it's like Anytime, but it's um, Deep Purple with Jolyn Turner was in it and King of Dreams. That's a pretty Ooh. good song, but the only reason I was kind of like. A, I was going to throw throw off my list that I had worked so hard on. I wasn't going to change it. And then B, it was like for that album, it was 
it was it was like up to par with the rest of the songs, like because that's not a real heavy album, you know what I mean? So it didn't stand I out see. as being ballady, uh, but but it, it it fits the bill. If you don't know that song, it's a really cool song. But you know what? A couple songs I was toying with um, when I made the master list was. I think the ballads on New Tattoo are kind of cool. I like New Tattoo. They are. And I like Hollywood Ending. They didn't make any lists, but uh, I'll give them as an honorable mention. I do like those. Agreed. I almost put um, those one of those two, and I, I really, really like those two. So yeah. they didn't make it. Uh, I did throw in You're All I Need because you and I have discussed that one before. Good overlooked ballad on that one. Cool yeah. um, censored video on MTV as well. Yeah. And I think I told you if if any if it was fair game for any genre or any era rather, I think I would have had about five or six Alice Cooper songs because I love the Alice Cooper ballads of the seventies. So I think if like, right. when I first started doing it, I had some Angel, I had some Alice Cooper, and then when I said okay, no seventies, it made my life a lot easier. So I, I'm also shocked that you didn't have the Roses or some Bon Jovi stuff because that's like one of the catchier songs of all time, especially from his catalog. Yeah, that's another one I think, though, Jovi, his bat, you know, it goes into that category of being played out, you know what I mean? When you think of yeah. Not a Dead or Alive or, um, I, you know, what's, I cannot remember anything tonight. What's that, what's, oh, Never Say Goodbye. Uh, I, can't, uh-huh. I can't remember it because it didn't have a video. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah some exactly. those, just some of that Jovi stuff's just so played out. So I know they're good ballads, but they're just played. Yeah. All right, man, we had a good list. Another good one. Really good. Yeah, that was awesome. I might like this one better just because of the, the quirkiness of it. Perfect. Well, thanks, man. You good got talking it. to you. Yeah, man, have a good one. Okay, you too. Yep. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this one. Lots more to come. Rock on!